recording. Alright, and here we go. Hey, uh, hey Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You wanna fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. Ah! <laughs> Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Mission Star Podcast. And for the first time, you're actually seeing the new room where I live at. Um, but uh, thank you guys for coming in. This is ob- obviously, it's on a Wednesday. Obviously, it's in, in the afternoon. So it's not it's not your typical Sunday night podcast that we usually do. Um, although Wednesdays are our new temporary home for now for the podcast. And maybe this time around as well. Think of it, think of it as... Uh, Think of it as eating your lunchtime and getting your food, but also listening to us at the same time. And with you, with me, I should say, joining you in your lunch right now is no other than Greg Dietz. I'm inside your fucking lunch. <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, we're back. We're going to be talking about, obviously, various gaming news in the game industry in the past week. And then just one thing I do want to point out, and if you are listening to the podcast and something we're testing out... We'll have it for the after show, but uh, we have enabled in one of our in one of our extensions on in our Twitch channel at the very bottom is you can actually uh, donate bits to be part of the show. Um, so if we'll hold off on uh, getting call-ins and answering questions and whatnot uh, after in the after show, but if you do want to be a part of the show, do you want to answer us ask us questions? Uh, please go ahead and do so, and then I will go through the list uh, so we get you in. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we we uh, we definitely love hearing from you guys, but uh, we want to make sure that this works well enough before putting it into the regular podcast. Plus, we want to ask you listeners, um, people who listen on Stitcher and Spotify and and Anchor and whatever else you're listening to this on, is that something you want to listen to or you want to hear? Is it just Anthony and I's opinion, or do you want people to call in and give their opinion? Let us know, however you can, um, so that way we can. Uh, See about implementing it into the regular podcast or not. Absolutely. All right. So let's begin our first topic at hand. All right. So as I bring up the news story here. Oops. Okay. Oh, well, that might be catching it. Hang on. Oh, okay. (laughs) My camera looks really funny. Yeah, I need to fix that. Okay, well... 
I'll, I'll fix it when you when you talk Greg. But anyways, uh, so the FTC uh, pledges to investigate video game loot boxes. This is, is reported uh, by. Let me see if I can get the actual. Okay, broadcasting and cable, and this is written by John Egerton. Joseph Simmons, chairman of the Federal Trade Commission, pledged to Congress Tuesday, November 27th, that his agency would look into uh, video game loot boxes, which generate ongoing revenue from online games via virtual items that can be bought, say, new or more powerful weapons. Senator Maggie Henson uh, said that such revenue gener generators were predicted to be a $50 billion business by 2020. She said that loot boxes are now endemic to the video game industry, from start from smartphones to high-budget releases. She said children may be particularly susceptible to such purchases. Uh, she also found that the UK reported that 30% of kids have used loot boxes in video games, which could collaborate with with, uh, with prom gambling later on. Um, and it goes on to say like what they're investigating. So the uh, the government yet again at it again. Uh, trying to hello uh sorry someone in, in chat um so they're at it again yet again when it, when it comes to uh uh getting their hands or getting into the game industry investigating loot boxes and whether that they are the problem that they need to to control so so what's funny about this like i i kind of brought this up to you when i first heard about it a couple weeks ago and if you listen to the podcast regularly you know where my stance on loot boxes is um, but I was listening to, I, I, I was listening to David Jaffe cause he has a, uh, he has a show on Twitch slash Facebook slash Twitter slash whatever fucking live platform he can stream it to. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I was joking. Like he, he fucking puts it on everything, but, um, he was, uh, he was talking to his audience cause he, he was tweeting about it and he was pointing out that like. First and foremost, loot boxes are not for children. They're not meant to be for children. They're meant to be for adults who have credit cards. Um, so it is absurd to me to sit there and say like, oh, well, we got to watch out for the kiddies because, um, you know, they could be gambling. Well, that's a not that's 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 nonsense. That's that's no different than going to the extent of saying, well, you should absolutely stop kids from buying M-rated games or they can't play M-rated games because they're intended for adults. It's going to happen, period. If you're the type of parent who doesn't want to take the, the necessary steps to prevent your child from doing such things, like buying loot boxes or playing M-rated games, that's on you as a parent. That's not, in no, no, in, in no way, shape, or form, should ever be put on to A, gamers, or B, the gaming... Um, developers that's just not a thing uh secondly mm -hmm. to to insinuate that people kids adults can't control themselves when it comes to quote-unquote gambling is completely in my opinion counterproductive to the argument um it's when you sit there and say like someone like Jim Sterling says that uh, loot boxes are a problem because people can't be controlled 
you're putting such little faith in the people that you're quote unquote protecting from loot boxes. Right. And and, and this is something I, I brought up um this is something I, I told you like before the government kind of like a week before the government started to get in because I told you that you know like they're gonna they're gonna take on the stance of like it's it's protecting the kids and that's gonna be because the mentality of the government is you know a bunch of, a bunch of old people old men and old women who still have that mind mind way of thinking and that's what exactly what happened a week after it's just like they're looking to loot boxes because it's affecting the kids and gambling and whatnot um, and for those who listen to the podcast you know my, everybody knows my stance against the loot boxes but one of the things that I feel, one of the things I feel, if you're really going to go into an argument, if you're really going to go into, you know, why exactly you don't want or why you're investigating, you can't just say to protect the kids. That kind of gives you, get you so far. Like, that's going to be something where you have to really dig deep and it's like, okay, what evidence can you present to me? Like, what what studies, what what can you show that why loot boxes, why is, is it bad for people? Um, why, why is it bad for people to, to, uh, to let this happen? But to your point, Greg, these loot, these loot boxes aren't for kids. These are for people with a credit card, people with an acceptable income. And yeah. that it's the same argument that, like, it reminds me of the same argument of people saying, like, you know, these games, mature games, shouldn't be played for kids. Well, the reason why that happens often is because, A, it's very easy to get uh, your hand, uh, hands on an M-rated uh, game. Uh, B, people, parents don't have the knowledge of like hey this game you probably shouldn't buy for your kid because it's going to be something where they're going to play it and it's and it's not maybe something that they'll 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 get scared of or like something not for their uh um i'll say this somebody someone working who worked at like first off there's no law stopping kids from playing immigrant games not that there should be i'm just saying there's no law secondly anthony when i when i was a kid Okay, before video games became what they are. Fucking another goddamn scammer call. Um, <laughs> They're calling. Jesus Christ, leave me, the leave me alone. The government's already on us already. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when, I, when I would watch an R-rated movie with my folks, they took the extra time, because they're being parents, to tell me it's not real. Right? Uh, to let me know... Um, I want to get to what Music Drummer said in the chat, but the the idea that a child can't handle what they're seeing in an M-rated game is bullshit to me. It's absolute bullshit. I've seen it from time to like time and time and time again, Anthony. That kids kind of don't pay attention to certain things. They just don't. And if you truly as an adult think that a kid can't handle something like let's say call of duty or red dead redemption 2 well then if you have a kid don't let them play the fucking game yeah that's as simple as it gets yes but if you don't have a kid don't tell parents what they can and can't let their kids do absolutely but i I wanted to get to what um drummer said he said uh, there's also an argument out there that you aren't getting anything out of loot boxes you are you are getting you are getting things that are loot boxes. So loot boxes to me are no different than gachapon, or um, or a claw machine. Actually, it's worse than a claw machine. Um, yeah. <laughs> every time every time you open up a loot box, you're getting something out of it. Um, whether it's it's in a shitty fucking micro transaction system like that was in Battlefront Two, or Overwatch, or or uh, whatever had loot boxes, you were getting something out of them. 
whether those items were what you wanted is null and void in the argument. Um, uh, well, yeah, exactly, exactly, drummer. It's a case-by-case basis. Um, you can't blanket statement that shit. Uh, yeah, you really can't. It's, it is, it is, it when is. It, when uh, it comes, Mark, sorry, go ahead. Be- before we, our timer ends, when it comes to gambling, I've said this on the podcast before, gambling is the idea that you can lose your money. Period. Gambling is, is you are, you are going to lose what you have put in. That is an option. That's not the case with loot boxes. You aren't losing anything. You're just potentially getting something you don't want. If I decide to, to go to, to a gachapon machine, which are little capsule toys, and I want all 10 cats that are available in that thing, but I keep putting it in there and I keep getting the same fucking cat, well, that's on me. <laughs> it's, not, it's not on the gachapon to fucking developer or, or maker or whatever. It's completely RNG. So it's just like, there's so many factors into it that are such nonsense to me why people vehemently hate fucking loot boxes so i don't know yeah i mean and it will take time like obviously this the fcc um, we'll see how will things pan out with this um you know and then we'll keep track of it as it goes on but like also mo- you don't want the fucking federal government like handling our video game shit yeah that's that's, that- that's a that's a slippery <laughs> slope right there bud yes it is it is as history has shown it is not something you don't want to deal with. Like you thought, Jack Thompson with Jack, um, Jack Thompson was Jack, bad. <laughs> like, dude, like, once the fucking federal government dips their hand into gaming, like it's just gonna get like it doesn't matter if it starts with loot boxes. That's that's where it starts. Yeah, it just goes downhill from there. So yeah. So, yep, we'll have to find out on our uh, next time. All right. So moving on to our next topic at hand. This involved Nintendo and. When this news broke, I was so happy because for those who don't know, um, whenever we upload a video, anybody uploads a video on YouTube uh, of Nintendo content, as you see right behind me, we get flagged every time and we can't do nothing about it until this past week. Let me bring up the article. Oops, wrong window. Okay, so this was uh, posted by Nintendo on their new guidelines for content creators. Uh, We are humbled every day by our loyalty and passion for Nintendo games, characters, and worlds, and respect that you won't be able to express yourself creatively by sharing your own original videos, images, and using content from our games. As long as you follow some basic rules, you will not object to to your use of gameplay footage and or screenshots captured from games for which Nintendo owns the copyright, Nintendo gaming content, in the content uh, you create for appropriate video and image sharing sites. To help you guide you, we prepare the following guidelines. One, you may monetize your videos and channels using the monetization methods separately specific by, uh, uh, cannot talk. I'm so hyped, that's why. Um, <laughs> separately specific, specified by Nintendo. I know I'm mispronouncing it. Bear with me. It's, uh, specifically. Yeah. Other forms of monetization of our intellectual property for commercial purposes are not permitted. Two, we encourage you to create videos that include your creative input and commentary. Videos and images that contain mere copies of Nintendo game content without creative input or commentary are not permitted. You may, however, post gameplay videos, screenshots using Nintendo system features such as 
a capture button on Nintendo Switch without additional input or commentary. Three, you are permitted to use Nintendo game content as uh, that has been officially released or from promotional materials. Uh, four, if you want to use intellectual property of third parties, you are responsible for obtaining any necessary third party permissions. Five, you are not permitted to imply or state that your videos are officially fitted with sponsored by Nintendo. And lastly, we reserve the right to remove any content that we believe is unlawful, infringing, inappropriate, or in line with these guidelines. And they have a Q&A afterwards for those who want to read our post in the chat. But finally, and the reason why, the reason why that they're finally ending the program is because of two things. And this is my theory. One, Smash is coming out in the less, less than a few days. Like, I want to say like two, no, it's actually like two days, less, less than that even. Um, that game is coming out. It's going to be huge. People are going to be, be posting videos all over social media. Nintendo is getting ahead of that and finally saying like, okay, we're just going to have it a, a blanket of like rules and guidelines you can follow so that when you put those videos up, we won't ding you. If you follow these guidelines, you're fine. Um, and for a lot of us who content creators who make videos to have Nintendo content in them, this is one of the things that makes it... Uh, a, a pain to just not only uh, upload to YouTube and get it uh, claimed by Nintendo, but you know, not earn money from as well. So, finally, finally, Nintendo's finally time to figure it out. <laughs> it took them this long, but they did it, and they finally I mean, did. It's, you know, we, you and I have talked about this a lot before in the past. I don't know why I turned on my Switch; that's distracting as hell. Um, <laughs> uh. I wanted to pretend I was Jessica, uh, not Jessica, uh, Je Jessica Chobot for a second. Um, <laughs> Jessica Chobot, circa nineteen or two thousand four. Wow, five? That, that's a that's a deep cut. Whenever she licked the PSP, was like, oh wow, you're going that deep. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it was like fucking years ago. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, we we talked about like the benefit that a lot of developers see from people streaming their games. Uh, arguably one of the reasons that fucking Fortnite is so popular is because of uh, online content. Um, and, and there's so many developers that talk about how important to them YouTube has been or how Twitch has been. Like, it's just, they're so adamant about that. And it was so bizarre to see Nintendo do this. It was so bizarre back in the day to see Nintendo basically be like, yeah, we're going to take advantage of the fact that you guys are streaming and, and, tw and, str uh, 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 uploading content from a game that we've created for free like most developers saw the benefit of it but at the end of the day and i've pointed this out before in the podcast everyone is technically <laughs> doing this shit illegally yeah um, yeah it's just it's just that the devs aren't taking advantage of the copyright situation because they see the benefit yeah I think Nintendo is starting to see the benefit. Yeah, and I and I think um, the, the, to kind of throw in the, the reason why is because two things: Nintendo is very protective of their IPs, and like they will go to extreme very, extreme very, lengths to protect it. And and they are they are they are on Disney levels protective. Absolutely. The other thing I want to point out is um, it was that, and then it was oh, I just had it, I just lost it. Uh. <laughs> um. But yeah, like they finally, they finally, they finally uh, starting to figure it out. Um, Nintendo has always, when it comes to the consoles, the, the, the major companies out there, Microsoft and Sony, Nintendo's always been behind regarding to catching up where everybody else is right now. Um, and they've 
again, you know, they've, they, they're coming to come from a, of a side where like they didn't really need the internet and they kind of came in kicking and screaming, not wanting to implement internet into their systems. And it was only until I want to say the, the we had like the Wii period and then on that they finally started to incorporate it. Um, <coughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it, this is a good thing. This is a good thing for content creators. Is oh, a good yeah, thing. absolutely. That, that was the other thing I saw was people who had joined that program. You know, their their revenue that they were seeing was like significantly smaller than what they were getting normally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is why a lot of streamers in general uh, benefit so strongly from, you know, like subscribers or donators or something like that, because there's nothing that that Nintendo can do against that. Um, sure, if a streamer's playing a Nintendo game and Nintendo's just like, no, I'm fucking blocked or whatever, then sure, maybe, but, you know, that's, it, it there's, the, 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 the law is so fucking fickle and weird when it comes to copyright yeah. on stream, on streaming. Yeah. When it, when it comes to YouTube, that's a lot easier for them. They can just, hey, copyright strike. But Twitch, it's like, sure, you can copyright strike the fucking VOD, but you can't copyright strike the fucking live stream. Yeah, like it, like it's when it comes to Twitch, you can't like you can't really like just cut you out audio. The panel, maybe, but... Yeah, you can't really cut out the audio or like shut the stream down, um, unless you're Twitch. Um, as of right now, I know on YouTube, actually, that is a thing that people can do on YouTube. Like YouTube can actually shut down a stream if it's like copyright is or something along those lines that is being used. Oh yeah, well, well that's the. The way that it works right now on YouTube is if you get three copyright strikes, your channel gets shut down completely. Mm -hmm. um, like a three-strike system. Uh, and on Twitch, I want to say it, it's possible on Twitch, but not like... Like your channel just gets deleted, essentially. But Yeah, yeah it's very loose when it comes to Twitch right now in terms of like what... There are guidelines, but like there isn't a specific like you know how many times does it need to be uh, hit with something to be you know deleted. So that's kind of pretty open ended with Twitch. But in general, like again, like I'm happy the fact that Nintendo's finally taking the initiative. And uh, obviously, this is because of Smash coming out, and they know that there's gonna be a bunch of Smash footage going around um, in regards to YouTube, well, there's a rumor. Twitter, and whatnot. There's a rumor that next year Nintendo is like. They're going to be releasing a lot, a lot of new content. So, like, hmm, okay. from what I've from what I've seen, like besides the shit we already know, mm -hmm. uh, there's a rumor that there's a, um, a Metroid Prime trilogy. Oh, yeah, I heard that too. Coming out. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a there's I mean there's there's a rumor that we're getting a Metroid in some fashion. I just don't know what. Right. Uh, there's um. <clears throat> There's a rumor that we're going to get uh, a resurgence of a bunch of different types of characters. Um, like, from the franchise in general. Mm. Uh, so so let's let's think about the new games that we've gotten on major franchises from Nintendo. We've had Mario, Zelda, Pokemon. Um, we're getting a Metroid pretty soon. Well, I'm, I'm saying what we have. Oh, we, we have. have. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mario Kart. Uh, we got Smash, Mario Kart. Well, not even really Mario Kart. That's the Wii U version. It's just slightly upgraded and has everything available that was dlc True. so we might get a new mario kart for all we fucking know uh 
Well, think of characters that are in Smash and think about like the franchises. So like we haven't had a new Donkey Kong Country game in a hot second. We did we did have a re-release of the last one that was on the Wii U. Um, we have a Yoshi game coming out. We had That's a new true. Kirby game. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. That Kirby game is really fun though. Um, so yeah, we need a Metroid. We need a. We could use an F Zero. Win F Zero win. Like I'm like I'm, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> They've been saying I'm that just, for years. I, <laughs> I, I just I think I think that the benefit the benefit of having content creators on YouTube and Twitch and other platforms freely be able to use Nintendo con Nintendo footage without the fear of a copyright strike is not only beneficial to Nintendo, but it's beneficial to the internet as a whole. So WarioWare would be a fucking great oh, idea. God. Yes, thank if, you, Ryan. If, if there is a WarioWare game, I would lose my shit. <laughs> I would, I would, man. WarioWare is still a lot of fun. Well, tomorrow night, we know that Nintendo's going to be at the Game Awards. <sighs> I know. I'm I, Tomorrow night's going to be huge. I'm, I'm working that night, but man, I, I, mm, I cannot oh, I'm wait. I'm fucking... I am stoked about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it, I'm mad jelly. I'm mad jelly. I could give two rat fuck asses about the awards. It's everything else. I love the announcements <laughs> for trailers. I love when, you know, like the announcements for new things. Like, it's like a new version of E3 that gives out awards. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, all right. Moving on to our third topic at hand. This is regarding... Uh, Epic, uh, talking about Fortnite in the pregame show. Um, so let me bring up the article real quick. This is from Game Informer. Epic launches digital game store with 80% revenue going to developers. Uh, written by Imran Khan. Epic Games developer of titles like Fortnite, or the first Gears of War trilogy, and Unreal Tournament has announced the creation of a new digital PC store uh, that hopes to compete with Steam by offering unprecedented revenue splits for developers. The Epic Game Store is launching a full-fledged game marketplace supporting all sorts of titles. The Fortnite developer hopes to incentivize developers to come over to the Epic Game Store by pushing the revenue split for software further than any platform holder has before, giving developers 88% of their revenue while keeping 12% uh, for overhead. This is a big change considering the traditional industry standard for digital revenues split usually is Give 30% to the store owner, while it's uh, whether it be Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, Apple, Android, or Valve. Perhaps anticipating this move, Valve recently made adjustments to Steam's revenue model, but only above certain thresholds. The most that most games won't hit. Quote: As a developers ourselves, we always wanted to we always wanted a platform with great economics that connects us directly with other players. Unquote. Epic Games founder and CEO Tim Sweeney said in a press statement. Thanks to the success of Fortnite, we are now uh, we are we have uh, we now have this and are ready to share it with other developers. Um, I'll post a whole link in the chat. But Epic is Epic is launching their own platform to go against Valve and Steam, and it's it's always going to be a tall order when you do something like this. Um, but the thing that Obviously, they're doing for for creators or for people who are wanting to more, get more money. Is they're making it much easier for developers to get that bigger revenue share, revenue share than uh, uh, Steam is and Valve is giving. Um, which have a, another story regarding what's happened to the indie devs um, right now because of it. And the thing, and yeah, yeah. So 
it's and obviously more competition is great that's why it brings out the best in, in everybody who does it um uh, at the same time i'm kind of curious to see as far as like how Epic is huge. Don't get me wrong. I think Epic is, is, is a big is a big company. They like people use their tech. They you know their games, you know depending on who you ask, you know, uh, good or bad or you know whatever games come out is popular. Right now they can do it because because of Fortnite because Fortnite's given them so much money that they can do something like this. Um, yeah. Can can they really take on Valve and, and Steam and really toe to toe against them? Absolutely. See here's here's the here's the part that I think a lot of people aren't quite thinking about um watching this fucking footage of fortnite like og fortnite oh, before yeah. it became what it is and it's just i know it's funny <laughs> or i'm like whoa um but uh <sighs> epic understands the importance of having a place to launch your game on something that doesn't want to completely fuck you over um, they've ex- like they haven't necessarily been the underdog, but they've always needed a publisher. Now that they kind of can be a publisher, and they want to take it to that level, this is so good for everybody. This is like yes, fucking Steam is or Valve's gonna fucking hate this, but at the end of the day, this is great for competition. Like, I, I kind of read a lot a little bit, like, people have been pointing out certain things that have been in the uh, bylaws for, you know, Epic's online platform. And uh, there's a lot of little things that Steam or other companies, uh, like, uh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember the other gaming, gaming one. But anyway, this is going to help people. This is going to launch their game. This is going to put them a little bit ahead of the curve, like... I, I, I'm 100% behind this. 100% behind this. And then also, like, the 88%? Are you fucking kidding me? That's awesome. That's huge. And that's great. It's awesome. And one of the things that you know, we've seen over the years, as far as when it comes to Steam, Steam just seems to miss the mark when it comes to supporting the people who got on their platform. Like, they'll, they'll you know, open the door for big platform holders, a big company, sure. But when it comes to the indie devs, when it comes to everybody else, it seems like they don't have that much support for them um especially with the new changes uh that they implemented to try to respond to what epic is trying to do but at the same time like definitely giving the shaft to uh to the smaller devs and yeah. steam has always been steam recently has been getting hit by all sides they're getting hit by at this point every other company who wants to launch their own, own platform not just epic games but we're talking about origin we're talking about you play we're talking about ea games like they have now they have they figured out now they can launch their own platform they don't need steam so valve i feel like is at a point where it's getting harder and harder to be to to maintain their status quo and to maintain why people come to steam versus other companies who are launching their own platforms or selling you know their own games at a much better uh revenue share than what steam is giving so yeah. if you're steam if you're valve like what Doing the changes you, you you recently just did as a response to Epic, like what what can you do? Let me let me let me let me tell you what this does. So, in the society that we live in, and I'm talking about world society, it's very very consumer and and um, uh, co- uh, not corporate but uh, uh, capitalist based. Pardon me, burp stream. 
Um, burp cast, as we call it sometimes. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, if you are kind of stuck, like your game is stuck on Steam, right? You hear a different company coming out saying this, this, this should excite you. Because then that means that other companies have to change their ways. They have to conform. Or they're going to lose a lot of the people that use their platform. Um, Steam, as we've talked about in the past, makes a stupid amount of money off of their off of their product. Like people using Steam and buying games off of it make a stupid amount of money. Um, well, this is this is just new and better competition, and now now Valve has to figure out how to fix that. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's something that we'll have to wait and see in the future. I think right now, there I believe there's a lot of temptation, uh, or there's a lot of like just kind of feeling it out, like what Epic is offering, what they can provide versus what Valve does at the moment. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out in the future. Um, would would it be where a situation where Valve is gonna be hit hard and everybody just goes on Epic's? Uh, platform or the game company is going to follow suit um, or is it just could become the same and every other platform will have its, its audience but Steam will still reign as king so you know time will definitely tell me in regards to that well I think you know I well I think there's two factors you got to throw into that how will will Steam re remain king probably not it'll take a little it'll take some time for it to become more viable I want to say but Honestly, it's it's this is nine times out of ten when it comes to things like this, it's going to be on the consumer. But if 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 a new dev comes out and is like, nah, man, we're on we're on the epic, we're on the we're on the epic side. Like this, you got to buy our game, you got to buy it from them. That's going to fucking speak volumes. Absolutely. Is those going to come? So, is, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I would say so. So it's not just consumer in this case. It's 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 gonna be a lot of indie devs coming out and just saying like, like, nah, the other platforms suck, and we're gonna prove it by having our platform only here. So absolutely, and one of the, one of the or major, our game on this platform, right? And one of the, I said that wrong, right? Right. And one of the major problems also with, with Valve right now and Steam with uh, what they have is um, there's a there's a lot of a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of crap on 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 the platform. Like you have to search deep to find some good games, or specifically for some good games. If you're not, if you're not us, if you're not somebody within the know of like what's good and what's not, you kind of have to kind of uh, play roulette in a way and just see what what appeals to you or what is the actually good game versus the amount of the amount of games that are uh, submitted to to Steam, and a good major, a, a good some of them are not good. So it, it's definitely one of those things that Steam knows it and Valve knows it. That's something that they've had an issue for years. The question with this is like, well, can Epic, can they can they do something to where whatever game you're into, whatever whatever it is, like define the cream of the crop or even games that you haven't played that are good that you haven't played yet, are, are those going to be something that Epic can fix I, versus Valve? I do trust that Valve has that in plan. I do, I do feel that to answer that question in a sense, yes. Okay. So, that's just that's just me though. I mean, I, I, I if other people don't trust them as much as I do, that's fine. But 
I really do feel that they're going to have ways to to have newer games or more popular games kind of be front and center on the platform. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like they're going to give new devs definitely a uh, a better a better chance, if you will. So. Speaking of, we were talking about a little bit earlier in the about the indies. Um, so let me bring up the article real quick. This reported on GameIndustry.biz, written by uh, Rebecca Ballantyne. Indie developers are unhappy with Steam's new revenue sharing t- uh, tiers. Developers take to social media to voice concerns that Valve is pushing out indies as it courts AAA. Last Friday, Valve dropped some news that uh, was likely very exciting for a certain subset of developers on Steam. The storefront would be adjusting its revenue share system from a standard 70-30 split to a tirage system with a with more revenue going to developers of games that earned over certain thresholds. Specifically, games that earn over 10 million in sales will see a 75-25 split after reaching the milestone from October 1st onward and games that earn over 50, 50 million uh, will get to keep 80% of their inning, uh, earnings while Valve takes 20%. This change in many ways is unsurprising one as AAA publishers begin to move away from Steam. Ubisoft and EA has been releasing games on their own launchers for some time now. Uh, and earlier this year, both Bethesda and Activision made moves to buck a trend of uh, Steam releases with Fallout 76 and Call of Duty Black Ops 4 staying solidly on the Bethesda launcher and Battle.net respectively. Fortnite, arguably the most talked about game in 2018, has voided the storefront. Furthermore, Steam now has a new competitor in the Discord store to worry about. But it isn't the fact that Steam changed revenue split that frustrated any developers. Rather, it's the fact that the split primarily favors AAA publishers and developers who are all but guaranteed to reach those revenue thresholds and leave indies where they were before, still struggling. Over the weekend, a number of indie developers took to social media to voice their frustrations with the change. Um, and I guess I'm quotes here for me to read it, but the ba- oops. But the basically what's happening is because of the new changes with the revenue sharing and the way that it works with um, with Steam now, it basically comes down to that if you are not a big AAA publisher, you're not going to see the benefits of these new changes. Like, indies are pretty much getting the short end of the stick in regards to how many copies they need to sell in regards to to even see that or sniff that um and a lot of a lot of indies are not happy they are not happy with the changes um, yeah unless they shouldn't be i mean to, to me that's 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 valve becoming too big for its own britches essentially um i uh you know and, and when we're talking the last topic like this this is they're shooting themselves in the foot man like straight up they are they're they are. They're, they're taking they're taking away the fucking like triple a is not where valve needs to concentrate or steam needs to concentrate that doesn't make any sense to me triple a titles like already have enough ad revenue to push their game as hard as they can on every platform so why push that and not the little guy who could be making you a lot more money absolutely absolutely i'm, I'm always a, I'm a huge supporter of, of indies um 
just because there are, there are games out there that are far better than AAA games that people don't know about. Um, and oftentimes, there are really my game of the year sometimes. Um, I don't know about better, but definitely, like, as good, in my opinion. Like, there's a game, there's an indie game that I'm rarely seeing any any content for that needs to be way more popular, and that's Moonlighter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So I bought that Absolutely. for the Switch. I bought that for the Switch because I saw a few people talking about it saying it was really good. Holy shit, is that game fun? Like, do you know anything about it? You know what's funny? I actually got a, uh, you know, uh, disclaimer here. Like, we get games uh, offered to us or uh, in our accounts um, regarding, you know, if we want to play them on stream. Moonlighter was actually one of them, actually. <laughs> I was like, Dude, I, saw, I, saw one, I saw it on, the, on one of the websites. I was like, oh, hey, huh. Something. I looked into it and it's like, oh, that's cool. Um, so, so like I said, I played it. I played quite a bit of it, a few hours, uh, quite a few hours of it. It's there's two there's two parts to the game. Um, so the first part is your typical dungeon crawler. You go from room to room, very Zelda Legend of Zelda esque. Uh, you defeat monsters and you try to get to the boss of of each section. There's five sections total. Um, each section is unlocked when you'll beat the boss of the first. Yada yada yada. However, you don't level up in the game at all because um, every time you go through a dungeon, you collect the items that you that you uh, kill enemies for or find in chests. You then take those items to a shop and you sell them. Now here's where the game gets a little bit more uh, difficult. For every item that you sell, you set the price. You watch customers come in. If they're unhappy, it means you overpriced it. If they're too happy, it means you over uh, you underpriced it. You want them to be just happy, which means that it's perfect price. Because they'll pick it up just every time, and they're just like, "This is great. I have no problems with this price." Yeah. So you have to you have to keep that on like on retainer, and you want to upgrade your shop. You want to upgrade like your bed, so that way you get extra health when you go into the dungeon. You want to upgrade um, different aspects. You can uh, the town itself. You can get different people to show up. So there's a guy that can upgrade parts of your shop itself to help, or give you items to put in your shop to help. Um, there's a potion girl. There's a there's an armor guy, an armor weapons guy. Here's the great thing about the armor weapons guy. So he has so he has new things to sell that do more damage, and he has armor to give you that gives you more health slash armor protection. However, to unlock those items, you not only have to have the money to buy them, you have to have the uh, you have to have the items that make that product. So you have to like put it on your wish list, and every time you find that <laughs> item, every time you find that item in a dungeon, it has a star next to it. It's awesome. So there's a there's a lot of like man item management you have to go through, but also like it's just so fucking clever. And I'm not seeing enough of that. I'm not seeing enough of people know about this fucking great game. Absolutely, it's really frustrating. I, so. I, I think that too. You gotta you gotta uh, factor in is that because there's so many games happening all the time, it's pretty hard to cover all of them or to cover the ones that are that bubble up to the top. Um, you know, but there are definitely there are definitely are games out there that people do not get enough coverage on that should be, and that's something that for a lot of gaming outlets you know including ours in this podcast it's like you know hey which games do we choose that are good and awesome like we need to play you know whatever one that comes out that you know we've been hearing well, about 
Right, and that that is a that is the downside to having. You know, like everybody wants to be a game developer nowadays. Like that's just a thing, oh, yeah. and because of that, because of that, you do have an arguably oversaturation of indie developers making indie titles. It's really hard to keep up with games nowadays because there's so many indie titles. There's so many triple A. This last two months, I think I'm. I think I've bought a new game every paycheck, whether it was pre-ordering or not. I have bought a new game every paycheck. And I get paid weekly. Nice. Like there's there's just too fucking much sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. And and with more and with more developers putting in grindy materials so that way you spend hours and hours in each game. Like I haven't finished any of the games I bought. Like that's a bit of a problem, I would say, but that's a different topic entirely. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I- I think I think the issue at hand is that, like when when uh, Josh and I started our podcast called All Cued Up, we uh, we got put on the front page of Radio Public's uh, thing for a week because we were new. Like they were like, "Here, here's a little bit of a boost because you're new." Mm-hmm. That needs to happen on Steam. That needs to happen on the new Epic platform. Absolutely. Like, Yes. Like give them a week, give them a week to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. Here are some quotes that so many devs uh, voice uh, over social media, just real quickly. Uh, Since Valve destroyed my revenue at the start of October with some changes to Discovery, whether they take 30% or less doesn't make much uh, difference. Sadly, uh, Brisket tweeted, "I'd rather just ha- just fix what broke slash changed." Um, another one here: Have things have gotten re- uh, gotten so bad? Have have things really gotten so bad for Valve in the ever more competitive storefront scene that they are now subsidizing big studios? Uh, are they that un- undesirable for large titles now that the large titles tend to be able to launch their own store? Um, and I'll end it with this one right here. Uh, in theory, they're you're supposed to, they're supposed to earn their thirty percent, but promoting your game to a bigger audience. Tweeted one uh, Wonder Song creator Greg uh, Labanov, but game but games that aren't ready or, or aren't already popular are also uh, disfavored by the algorithm. Algorithm, I cannot talk today. So people at the bottom literally get less and now pay more. Algorithm. Oh my God! I can't. <laughs> I can, Agri- uh, yeah, <laughs> but there you go. So that's what's happening right now. Let's wait and see what happens in the future regarding Valve and regarding um, the future of what the storefront scene. Man, be. I'll, I'll say this much, dude. Like, if if the Epic Store is as good as it sounds and it treats its indie devs the way that it should, buy Steam. Yeah. Like yeah. in a few years, Steam is just going to die. Yep. So and then they go unless, back to- unless they change their shit. Unless they change their shit. That, that and if it happens then they have to go back to making games again <laughs> Fucking... ironically <laughs> yeah i don't know we'll, we'll see well it's just it's that's it's a whole it's a shit show at the moment but yeah. hopefully it'll get better all right moving on to our uh fifth topic at hand this in in regards to bloodstain and way forward this is reported off of polygon.com bloodstain ritual of the night gets help from Shantae Studio Way Forward. 
Uh, this is written by Allegra Frank. Let's stay in ritual tonight the long-awaited Kickstarter-funded project from former Castlevania producer Koji Igarashi is getting help from another studio to help wrap development. WayForward, best known for platformers like the Shantae Games, is now pitching in. Quote, in consideration of their past achievements, WayForward will be helping the development team realize my vision for this game, unquote, Igarashi wrote in the latest developer's update. Quote, maybe I am even more excited than anyone else. With their help, Bloodstain will become an even better game, unquote. WayForward joins developers Daiko and Monobit on the NT Creates-led project, all whom are working to help bring the game to fruition, if slowly. Jason Ryan, community manager at publisher 505 Games, chimed in at the end of the post to echo Igarashi's excitement. Its most crucial addition, uh, WayForward's involvement should help Bloodstain finally make it to release, more than four years after the game was funded. In August, Igarashi said that the Castlevania-style adventure game would not launch until 2019. Two years later, the original March, uh, two years later, its original March 2017 release window. He attributed this to the development team needing to respond to backers' feedback on a demo release earlier this year. At this time, he announced that the team had canceled a planned Vita version of Bloodstain. So. The thing about this one that I, I read, and part of me was, ex part of me is still pretty much excited for the game, but a part of me also said, you're bringing in the WayForward, which WayForward is a fantastic studio. They make awesome games. Their sprite work in their, in their art uh, in the games is fantastic. But you're bringing them in this late into the cycle, which is concerning to me regarding like what, what the development of the game is or what state it really is. My guess is, well, it, they did say they're going to help create the game and going to help it bring it to life or bring it, you know, to its final finish, finished form. I do wonder, bringing them this late means that they're really behind on some aspects of the game or they're doing something major to really change what the game feels, looks, or how it plays. They're most likely behind. They're behind on schedule. Um, but I think that also, like, when you think about what WayForward does when it comes to their, um, their games, uh, it could just, it could just literally be that they are, um, they're being brought in to kind of finalize an aspect that maybe we don't know about. Because I don't think it'll be gameplay, I don't think it'll be like or that. I feel like there's something else that WayForward knows a lot about. Um, maybe it's DLC, for all we know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it could be that. It's just it, it's a little concerning the fact that they're bringing in a a pretty a pretty good developer or studio to help finish the game. Um, well, that's I think that's the more concerning part. It's less that they're bringing in WayForward to help finish the game. It's they're bringing in a big de a big indie developer. Oh, pardon me for at the end. You know, yeah. this is like when, this is like when a big you know big studio movie is you know already done. They've they've claimed to have wrapped, and then all of a sudden they're having reshoots way yeah. late in state. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a bad sign. But I I don't know. There's something about this that doesn't scream necessarily bad to me yet but okay. all right we'll see we'll see i mean this could be another another case of um too big for their own britches and this game could fucking suck for all we know that's very but, true it's very true i mean as we we saw in the past like 
Kickstarted games, not all of them are good. Um, they're definitely a, a good lump sum where they're not as good as people thought or they come out and they're not what people were expecting. Um, so, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, wait and see regarding to Bloodstain. Just kind of off what we've seen and what, what's been shown. It's kind of been lukewarm. People have been, what I've been hearing, like it's been lukewarm on the game right now. Um, I, I, the only thing they've released um, prior to Bloodstain, or at least what they're working on right now, is actually the um, the 2D uh, Castlevania game that they that they made, uh, Bloodstain: Curse of the Moon, which I which I played actually. It's a lot of fun. It's straight up just Castlevania, <laughs> but like with yeah. four people. Yeah. Um, that you get to control, and it's really cool. It's a really fun game. Um, but yeah, hard like, as hell at the end. But yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but like yeah, like it's it's definitely. What we'll to wait and see regarding to what exactly they plan to do, but uh, in due time, I, I think that we won't hear anything about this game because they said 2019. Uh, do you think they'll make that 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 year release date? Yeah, I think so. The game has been developed for so long that like 2019 would be weird to not see. That's what I'm thinking. Like. I don't think it's anything like super major, major that they're bringing Way Forward in for. I feel like it's something, it's something small that Way Forward knows a lot about and has experience in, especially with something like Shantae. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's something in that regard, but nothing like revamping an entire aspect of the game. I don't think that's the case. Right. Yeah. Maybe Way Forward's being brought in because. They're gonna have uh, character exclusive like DLC for the game. You can play as Shantae in this in in Split thing. If that ever happens, oh man, I'd be hype. I'd be like, oh, oh man, take my money, like now. <laughs> so yeah, I'll wait and see on that one. All right, so oh boy, sorry as I yawn into the mic. All right, guys, it is time. And then we had to cut it a little short, actually. Um, oh, I gotta do something, actually. Uh, give me one second here as I adjust Greg's screen. Um, oops. Oop. Da -da -da. Okay. Yeah, give me a second here. I have to fix this real quick. And then we'll get started on our Overwatch minutes. All right, there we go. Okay. So, there we go. All right, so let me mute this. Okay, guys, it is that time yet again for the Overwatch Minute with Greg Dietz after this intro. Alrighty, right, 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 right. Uh, so guys, um, there's not a whole lot of Overwatch news this week. Uh, most of the stuff that happened, uh, like, ha like, happened around the time that Ash was released, and we've already talked about her. 
Um, people are upset how with how overpowered Bob is. I don't think Bob's overpowered. I just think that you like to complain about fucking um, uh, ultimates. That's what I think people. But anyway, getting off topic because um, so a while back during the Overwatch League um, time off, there were. Uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, not a lot of changes, but a few changes to the Overwatch League as a whole. Uh, but one of the big things that I thought I wanted to bring up was that there's going to be eight new teams. So in the original season, there were uh, 12 teams. Six in Atlantic, six in, De in the Pacific. Um, and those cities were Boston, Florida, Houston, London, New York, Philadelphia, Dallas, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Los Angeles again... Seoul and Shanghai. The new the new cities are Paris, Toronto, Atlanta, Washington DC, that's Atlantic, the Pacific it's going to be Vancouver, Shanghai, uh Gangzhou, as I'm pronounce it and Hangzhou, which are two uh which I think are all Chinese cities. I know that the last two are. I know the last two are definitely Chinese, but I'm trying to remember if uh, Chengao is Chinese or not. Um, regardless, I think this is great. Having a grand total of 20 teams means there's going to be more matches for us to watch. There's going to be more of a uh, sense of competitiveness when it comes to what is going to happen within the Overwatch League as a whole. Um a better sense of importance to win matches. Um, they haven't really put a whole lot of detail in if the competitive nature is going to change. Like, are they still going to do the matches that the way that they are played out? Um, we don't know. Like, they haven't really gone into that. And I don't think that they will. I don't think that's going to change. But, but yeah. New players, new teams. I'm all for it. Uh, trades are going to be happening, so different uh, our popular players maybe on different teams. Popular players coming back. I am 100% into the Overwatch League and and very excited to to get uh, to get get in on that. Um, With the international teams being made, like how is that going to be dedicated when it comes to playing matches? Are they just specifically online, or are they going to be having their own stadium in that region to play against one another? Um, well, from what I understand, uh, no one team has a stadium, quote unquote, like in other, in, like in other, uh, sports things. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still all going to be held within the same building. I don't know if it'll still be in LA, but it'll definitely still be in the same building. So, um, instead of like... Because the the way that the, the way that Overwatch League 2018 worked was that every every uh, every week you had four days of matches, and every day was three day or three matches except for the last day I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, last day was like two matches or some shit. Maybe it was three matches and then just began earlier in the day because it was on Sunday. Right. You would just have more matches throughout the week. That's it. Oh, I see um, what you're saying. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I also think that there will likely be a break time halfway through the season 
where the players can go visit their families and go back home. But from what I understand, it's all going to be in the same city because it's all like there's no point in having a stadium, having multiple stadiums around the country, around the world for something that's a digital platform. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. yes, we, they do have a stage. Yes, they do have a giant screen and an audience and all that shit. But at the end of the day, why change that? That that to me, that doesn't do anybody any good. So hmm. um, uh, I think it'll all still be in L.A. I'm pretty sure. Gotcha. OK, but uh, um, but yeah, the last thing I want to talk about was that uh, uh, actually two last things. So. Jeff Kaplan is going to be a presenter at the Game Awards. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. It's happening tomorrow. Yeah, so I don't know if he's going to have an announcement for something new with Overwatch or um, or anything in revolving, or revolving, uh, uh, anything involving the Overwatch League as a whole, but not Overwatch League, but Overwatch in general, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but the other thing that I want to bring up, the last thing is that on December 11th, the winter event starts for Overwatch called Winter Wonderland, and um, that'll last until January second. Uh, but they've only they've only released one skin, and that's all right. My phone had volume on, um, <laughs> and that's uh, snowboarder Zarya. Oh, okay. Yeah, so her whole outfit looks like a, like a snowboarder, and her hat is basically like um. It's like a blue teddy bear kind of hat thing. I don't know. You have to see it, but it's uh, it looks good. I like I like that skin, but we haven't seen anything else of it because they announced it like two days ago. But yeah, that starts on the eleventh, and uh, yeah, that's about it at the moment. Uh, nothing, nothing major changes. Like I said, just you know, Ash is out there, and Overwatch League is going to start next year, and. But the but the winter event starts up uh, next week. So. Nice, awesome. Uh, anything else, or is that all? That is it for the Overwatch minute, sir. All right, that's the Overwatch minute with Craig Dates. All right, guys, it is that time to end the show. Um, first off, uh, thank you for anybody who came in here and kind of checked out the podcast or whatnot. But also thanks to the listeners at home listening to the podcast. It surprises me sometimes when I look at how many people are subscribed to us, and it's like, wow, that many actually pay attention to our thoughts and opinions. Um, but yeah, uh, shout out to everybody who uh, who is listening to us in some capacity. Uh, so before we go, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ChubRockGeek. That's where I'm most active. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at ChubRockGeek, on Twitch at ChubRockGeek. And um, you can also follow the other podcast that I do with my friend Josh Fisher, where we review two normally Netflix, but internet based shows um, on a streaming platform, Amazon Prime, Hulu Plus, uh, YouTube Red, what have you, or that's Platinum now, or Premium. Um, But the idea is we watch two shows in their entirety, we give our thoughts and impressions, and then we grade them at the end. and uh, uh, one of the cool things that we got coming, which we're actually going to work on today to make sure it works tomorrow, is our interview with Brian Volk Weiss. Um, if you've seen the documentary series on Netflix called Toys That Made Us, which they have their season three coming soon, 
Uh, Brian Volkweiss is one of the creators of that show. We've had the privilege of interviewing him twice. We're going to interview him a third time, but not necessarily for Toys That Made Us. We're going to interview him because um, he has a test pilot that's going to be premiering on the CW called Discontinued, which is wow. basically about which is which is about products that have been discontinued in our past. Um, so hopefully we're going to get to interview him tomorrow morning, and that will be up this Friday, Friday or Saturday, one of the two, whenever Josh gets it uh, edited, which I'm sure he'll get it edited very quickly. Um, but yeah, we're very excited about that. So definitely go to allcuteuppodcast.com. Uh, when you when you go to the website on the left hand side, there is a bunch of tabs. Just find the one that works best for you because we are on everything podcast related. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at DeFectNonDoing. Follow the work that we do at MissionStarPodcast.com. This podcast will be uploaded onto Anchor, which will which then will spit out to services out there like Spotify, like iTunes, like Stitcher, like any other what else out there? Podchaser, you know what? Uh, pretty much, if you can if you can look up Mission Star Podcast, I'm pretty sure you can find the podcast on some form. Oh, um, also on I think I, did I say Spotify yet? Yeah, I think I did or not. Whatever. We're on Spotify. That's that's a big one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's going to do it for the sh- for the main show. We do have an after show today. Um, as far as like how long that will be, I will, you know, TBA. We'll, we'll kind of play it by ear. I got, I should take care of something at some point, but I got some time. To I, and I and and I am running off to sleep after a fucking eight hour overnight shift. So yeah, so there'll be there'll be a little bit happening afterwards. But uh, yeah, if you're uh, listening and this is where it ends, then. Uh, Thank you for listening as always. Um, let me get this outro set up. So, uh, until then, guys, we'll see you guys next time. Hello, this is Anthony Giannis from Mission Star Podcast. Uh, if you're wondering what time or when it's happening today, well, I'll let you know that a, a brand new episode of Mission Star Podcast will be streamed live tonight, and it will be at 6 p.m. PST tonight on twitch.tv slash mission underscore start. Again, it's at twitch.tv mission underscore start. It'll be happening tonight at 6 p.m. Pre-game, probably going to try to go for 5.30. If not, pre-game probably starts at 6. And the podcast will happen half hour later at 6.30 or 6, depending on what time I get back home. So if you're hearing all the cars going uh, by me, it's because I'm on the street and <laughs> headed back home right now. So see you guys then, and uh, I'll see you tonight on the podcast talking about gaming news in the past week.